2305 Coffee and Avenue in Sheridan. I really hate to say this, but winter is coming. It's time to think about getting your vehicle ready for Wyoming winter roads. Here's a tip to help you save some bank. Go see Tim or Joel at Midas for September specials on all things necessary to keep you safely on the road this winter. Tires, brakes, fluids, battery, and tune-ups. You can save on the repairs you need while getting peace of mind knowing your car is in the hands of experts. Midas Tire and Auto on East Brundage Lane in Sheridan. The following message is presented by Century 21 BHJ, 101 South Main. Hi, I'm Garrett from The Food Group, and The Food Group needs your help collecting reusable grocery bags. Each week, we send about 450 weekend food bags to kids facing hunger in Sheridan County. Making the switch to reusable bags helps us distribute food more efficiently and prevents plastic waste. Drop off your reusable bags at Food Group, the YMCA, Cottonwood Kitchen, Sheridan Stationery, the Hub on Smith, and Sheridan College. Magic Melanie here, VIP and defending champ of the First Northern Bank in Sheridan Honda and Power Sports Pro Football Pick'em. Tune in to KROE 103.9 every Wednesday at 740 to hear our picks and listen to us battle it out. In fact, just listen to what happened this week on our show. Uh, well, I think I picked you the picked wrong teams. <laughs> I think that that might have been what happened. You know, I'm changing my strategy, but I did get some weigh in from my coworkers, and uh, David's not real happy uh, about that. But, you know, uh, he's, he's in the lead, so. He's cheating. Desperado Dave Cox, 11 points. Yes. You obviously didn't ask the same coworkers that did. <laughs> that is true. He's very quiet and very just reserved. Like, I don't know, I'm not going to do all that well. Oh, did I win again yeah. this week? Oh, surprise. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I like not being in the lead. It's not, not quite as stressful. Not quite the target on your back. Oh, no, there's still a target on your back. <laughs> there's there's a target, target oh. for sure. Yeah. You can play, too, and have a chance every week to win a prize valued at $100. Make your picks on the Pro Football Pick'em Contest page on SheridanMedia.com. Shop your locally owned Napa Auto Parts store and your dollar supports Sheridan families and the local economy. Call Steve Thompson and his team first for hundreds of years of automotive experience. Auto, truck, ag, heavy duty, and construction machines. If it's got a motor, Napa's got the parts and the know-how to get the job done right the first time. Nationally known, locally owned. It's not just a slogan, it's Napa Auto Parts Sheridan. Open seven days a week at 2018 Coffeen. Hi, I'm Jack Wood, and I'm running for Sheridan City Council. I can tell you when it comes time to make decisions that affect the city and the residents, I will have a clear conscience with my decision. I have only one ad that has been made for me in this campaign that I did not pay for. Because I've worked for this person for five years, and she knows how dedicated I am to my work, family, and the city of Sheridan. I have paid for my campaign by myself and with no outside influences. I'm asking for your vote for Sheridan City Council in November. Paid for by Jack Wood. I really hate to say this, but winter is coming. It's time to think about getting your vehicle ready for Wyoming winter roads. Here's a tip to help you save some bank. Go see Tim or Joel at Midas for September specials on all things necessary to keep you safely on the road this winter. Tires, brakes, fluids, battery, and tune-ups. You can save on the repairs you need while getting peace of mind knowing your car is in the hands of experts. Midas Tire and Auto on East Brundage Lane in Sheridan. Considering a big project and don't know where to begin, Wagner Ranch Services can help. Our experienced staff of engineers and equipment operators can take your project from the design and permitting phase right up through construction and completion. Wagner Ranch Services can design, permit, and construct roads, reservoirs and ponds, excavate foundations, install utilities, and more. We can handle projects big and small from start to finish. Wagner Ranch Services, 13 Industrial Lane. Give us a call at 752-2787. 
Are you ready for a new career? Your locally owned McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette is in search of crew members and shift managers. Owner, Larry Storrow. Bob, one of the many benefits of working for McDonald's is our tuition assistance programs. You can earn a college degree through Colorado Technical University with 100% of your tuition covered. Or you can earn up to $3,000 in tuition assistance for Sheridan College or the University of Wyoming. Come in and we'll explain all the details. If you need your high school diploma, McDonald's will assist with that as well. Join the McDonald's team today. McDonald's working to brighten your future. Good morning. Welcome to Public Pulse. Now with me this morning from the University of Wyoming is Director of Institutional Communications, Mr. Chad Baldwin. Good morning, Chad. Good morning, Floyd. How are, how are things going on uh, down there at UW campus with the transition into fall? It's been beautiful weather. Uh, the campus is alive and busy. It's uh, just a great time of year. You know, it, fall was always my favorite time of year to walk through the campus. Uh, it's just the trees that are on, on campus and walking through that student union is no short of a the word beautiful, I'll tell you that. Uh, the campus is just beautiful this time of year. Uh, and if you ever get an opportunity, folks, head on down there. Walk around that campus. Some of those buildings just take your breath away. Uh, now, Chad, the, the number one or the number of first-time students attending the University of Wyoming has grown by over 10% this fall. The second year in a row that UW's incoming class has topped the previous year's enrollment. This is quite significant, uh, over 10%. Tell me a little bit about this increase. Yeah, Floyd, we're really excited about it. Um, yeah, it's uh, really a sign that we, I think, are turning the corner on our on this COVID-driven enrollment decline overall that we've, we've been seeing, and the colleges and universities across the country have been seeing. But, yeah, we, we, uh, we have uh, over 1,600 first-time students here this year. That includes 969 Wyoming students. And, by the way, that is the second largest number of Wyoming students that we've ever had in a first-time class in the whole university history. I think it was 2001 we had uh, a little over 1,000. But uh, no, only one year in the university's history have we had more first-time freshmen from Wyoming enrolling at UW. So that's what's really driven it. But, 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 but actually, the number of students from out of state who are first here for the first time uh, is up by an even higher percentage. It's almost a 16% increase. So, so where we really had an impact during COVID was the number of students from out of state really went down. And, uh, and now, uh, you know, we're, we're bouncing back really strongly there uh, this, this year. And this is this is absolutely amazing and something that uh, is really we're talking about, because this may be some sort of shift. Uh, what do you think is the cause of this increase? I mean, kids are are flooding in to their home state university. But then at the same time, we've got kids flooding in from out of state. What yeah. do you think is causing such an influx? I think there's a general recognition that we we uh, we are uh, ha- are an incredible value a really high-quality education for a very reasonable price. And uh, I think that that message is, uh, is getting out there more. You know, we're doing a lot of marketing and advertising in-state and around, the, really in Colorado and Nebraska and other neighboring states, but also around the country. And so I think it's a, it's a combination of all those things. Um, 
uh, that, you know, it's, we've got a really strong product here to sell, uh, if you want to put it in those terms, and, uh, and people are recognizing that. Now, there is a drop in transfer students, correct? Yeah, and, and, and that's, that's, uh, quite, that really reflects, Floyd, the fact that uh, community college enrollments really across the country and, and also here in Wyoming during COVID, they, they took a particular hit. They were down like twenty some percent. Oh man! And and so so we're just not there. Just aren't as many students coming out of the community colleges to uh, to transfer here. Uh, now I, I'm hearing that that uh, that most of the colleges around Wyoming are actually steady to up a little this fall. So that's really encouraging that they're maybe starting to see a bit of a bounce back as well. But um, uh, you know, that, so that, that that's that's really the best way to explain. The, the lower number of transfers. So in in a year, maybe two, we will see that rebound, though, because we, we think so. Yeah, yeah we, we because sure the uh-huh. yeah the community colleges are starting to get their first year, second year students in, and so yeah, yeah uh, wow, I did not know that community colleges took such a hit. Um, I could twenty uh, percent down in in student enrollment seems extremely significant. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been tough, been tough on everybody, and you know it's uh, there's a lot of factors when you think about COVID. There's of course the the fact that people were in financial distress, the fact that uh, you know a lot of the courses were online, and we just didn't have much in the way of sort of student life uh, because of all the restrictions, and that stuff's all gone away now, and uh, and so uh, um, we're we're it feels very much like a a normal fall semester here. That, now. that is great. That is great to hear. Now, last month, you and I talked about the Saddle Up program. <clears throat> this is a great program uh, that you guys have, have begun this year. Have, have students uh, been surveyed? Have they told you that they enjoyed this experience? Uh, do you feel that maybe this might be part of it? I, you know, I think that uh, the, 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 there have been surveys, and there's going to be more. Uh, there, certainly, I think overall, people feel like it was a very positive thing. There are a few things there. I think the organizers are looking at tweaking a bit. So we know there were, you know, there were some, it wasn't a, you know, anytime you start a new program, you're going to have some, some things that maybe you want to adjust second year. Oh, and so I think they're in the process of identifying those now in, 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 through the use of surveys and other uh, assessments. And, you know, at the, the experiments and, and the studies that are going on at the University of Wyoming have always been, you know, very groundbreaking. But I think now on the national level, people are starting to recognize the value of UW on that level. We've always kind of seen that. But I think now people are starting to expand out. They're starting to look at other opportunities, and UW is definitely one of those where you can go and you can be a part of, of groundbreaking studies, and, and one such study, Thomas Boothby, a University of Wyoming assistant professor of molecular biology, recently received a NASA grant to study the effects of water loss on tardigrades. Now, tardigrades, you can't see them with the naked eye. Uh, they're also called water bears. Uh, Chad, this, this is a significant accomplishment just to get the grant. What is this study hoping to learn? Yeah, so Dr. Boothby is really doing interesting research on these little microscopic creatures that she just uh, described. And, and uh, the thing that makes them so unique is that these things are survivors. So they can survive, 
you know, they, they can survive like being dried out or frozen or even to the bo- heated to the boiling point of water. Wow. They can survive with no oxygen and days of no oxygen, extreme pressure. They can, even in like the vacuum of outer space, they can survive. Uh, and and uh, up to like a thousand times as much radiation as typical humans and animals can. So the, uh, the, what he's doing is trying to figure out what makes these things so durable, and are there things we can learn from there that would help human beings, whether that is, I mean, one of the things that NASA's interest in it is, is uh, you know, if we're going to explore, you know, other planets and things like that, we're we're going to need you know where there's water shortages and that sort of thing or or you know oxygen shortages whatever are there things that that we can do to try to help help humans adapt but then things like more practical maybe on it would be are there you know drought resistant crops that can uh, that can tolerate drought and extreme temperatures that we could develop and there's again in other words there's some some things we can learn from these little little durable creatures that will help human uh, um, life. And, and you know, a, a lot of times individuals out there thinking about exploring other planets, we think of, uh, let's say, Star Trek. Great show. But uh, you just beam down all willy-nilly. <laughs> you know, yeah. you got, there's a lot of factors that we've got to take into play. The atmosphere, the amount of radiation... Uh, the the amount of exposure to biomes that could could be on that planet and bacteria uh, a lot of things that we really have to consider in exploration and to think that something so small right here at home could help us in the future uh, you know this is really groundbreaking work that he's doing yeah and and, and Dr. Booth is one of the very you know national leaders on this thing he's he, he's part of a consortium that's, I think, some other two or three other big universities have researchers involved in. He's he's at the very forefront of this in the in really the whole world. And and here's another possible help from this. You know, the the blood that we draw, you know, that is used that don't people donate for for uh, medical uses for accident victims and that sort of thing. Yeah. It even it refrigerated only has a spat of shelf life of about a month. I'm told. You know, if you could figure a way to to help blood have a longer shelf life through this sort of research wow. that would that would be a groundbreaking thing for for our, our medical uh, industry as well and and so uh, there's lots of potential ramifications it's it's cool stuff and as you mentioned before i mean he's got he's got uh, uh students even undergraduate students helping him with this stuff and so it's uh you know when you come to uw you got a chance that you might only get as a graduate student somewhere else to be involved in this sort of thing which I think is absolutely amazing, <clears throat> you know, because a lot of times people going into these sciences, that's what they want to be part of. They want to be part of these groundbreaking studies and to be able to say, yeah, yeah I helped Dr. Boothby on this. Uh, you know, that right there is a resume, <laughs> you know, For as sure. you go forward in, in, in your career. Uh, he also had another study involving water bears where he got to do some stuff or send it up with the the astronauts on the international space station yeah, didn't yeah he? these he sent up some of these creatures i think he actually they came from the red desert of wyoming sent them up to the international space station for a, an experiment to see how they would tolerate you know the vacuum of space and as i under, i understand it during the period of time they were up there they had they like 
they reproduced like four generations of new tardigrades were were uh, you know were, were up there and then so wow. it was a uh, and when when this was going on he did like uh, uh, live uh, uh, Zoom sort of instruction for elementary schools across the country to see this and see what he was up to so yeah I don't think it's really easy to get things on the experiments <laughs> in, on the International Space yeah. Station. But when you got NASA backing your research, then you got a pretty good shot. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's great to hear that he's going to continue working with them uh, to help improve our situations as we look to the stars for a, a, a possible second home. All right. When we come back, we're going to continue with our University of Wyoming. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. College Rodeo team will host the Pat Hamilton Memorial Rodeo this weekend as part of the Whitney Days events. The rodeo performances will be at 6 p.m. on Friday and Saturday night with a Sunday performance at 10 a.m. The Pat Hamilton Memorial Rodeo is free to attend and will be at the Sheridan County Fairgrounds. For all of the Whitney Days events, look for the schedule in this week's Country Bounty or on the community calendar on SheridanMedia.com. This literally might be the best place in the world for skiing. Teton Gravity Research presents The Magic Hour, a culmination of incredible moments of skiing and snowboarding in some of the most beautiful and wild places on the planet. When you think about something for so long and to finally put it together, you just feel it in your soul and you know. I dig in five. That you're in the right place at the right time. Yeah, buddy, you got this. The Magic Hour, the featured premiere movie Friday night for this year's Wild Film Festival. Presented by ERA Carroll Realty, September 30th through October 2nd. It's what we, we live for, really. It's those moments and all the stars align and, and the magic hour comes. See the lineup and get your tickets at wildfilmfest.org. This announcement brought to you by Farmer's Co-op Country Store on Coffin Avenue, home of ethanol-free premium fuel. It's back. Hey, everyone. Mark your calendars. It's turkey time again at the Story Women's Club. Join us on October 9th from 11 to 2 for turkey and all the trimmings. But the most important part is the homemade pies all made by our lovely members. This annual event has been going on since 1975 to fabulous reviews. You can call ahead for go orders at 253-973-8050 after September 30th. At a Madison Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at Elias and Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning I'm speaking with University of Wyoming Director of Institutional Communications, Mr. Chad Baldwin. Now, the university 
has uh, seen an increase in first-year enrollments, and we've talked about a very interesting experiment involving water bears or pterograids. Now, another fascinating experiment going on at the university involved raccoons. Uh, Chad, this was a really long study. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, for, for four years there were researchers here at UW who, uh, we've got quite a few raccoons in town. I suspect you guys do. <laughs> we certainly do. Well. Yeah, and, and these are interesting critters. I had one living in my chimney for a while this, uh, this summer or this spring. But anyway, they, uh, they captured a bunch of them over four years, like, two, over, like 200 of them, and planted some chips or something in them to see what they did. And then they tested to see how smart they were. So they had this uh, cubicle or something they set up, and uh, and the raccoons could get food in there if they pushed certain buttons. And then they kind of switched up the buttons to kind of c- to try to stump them, and and then some of the raccoons were able to figure out still how to get food. They're really smart critters. And uh, what they figure out, what the, the takeaway of this, which is very interesting, is that you know you've got different types of just like among among people, we have different personalities, right? There's some yeah. some that are more aggressive, adventurous, more out, uh, uh, and then some that are more more shy and maybe less bold and calmer and more more docile. And what they found is that the calm, docile animals are the smartest ones. Really, they could figure they could figure out the food better than the raccoons that were more bold and three more minute proactive. stations. And so it's like. Uh, uh, it's sort of interesting, and, and maybe maybe we can apply it to humans too. I don't know. It's like our, our it's uh, sometimes it's the calmer, more docile people that you wouldn't suspect of being problem causers. That that uh, there maybe they're the true criminal mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they are. You know, uh, uh, the bold ones maybe jumping into uh, a trash can, willy nilly, ready to go. But it's it's that that patient. The calm one who's figured out how to get the yeah. lid off. Yep. That kind yep, of that, thing. That, yeah. That's pretty interesting because this, this got coverage in the New York Times actually uh, earlier this week because the study just got published. And, 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 and it's, uh, it was somebody who was doing her, uh, her Ph.D. work here at UW who, who did it, led this research. She's now actually at the University of California, Berkeley, as a postdoctoral researcher. It would be great if she, we could get her back at some point. But anyway, she's... Uh, um, it's pretty cool research. What they're looking at, they call it animal cognition. They're looking at the way animals think. And, and, uh, and so uh, that's a real interesting field of research. It absolutely is. And, and, and fascinating at what we've learned because you would think the exact opposite. You would think that the, the bold, brave one would kind of be the problem causer, but uh, it, it may be the patient, calm ones who are figuring yeah. things out to get to things that we don't want them to get to, such as how do I climb down into that chimney? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, the Yellowstone Volcano Observatory, a consortium of, of nine regional scientific agencies, has released a new 10-year plan to involve monitoring and hazards assessment of this volcano. Hydrothermal and earthquake activity on the Yellowstone Plateau. Now, Chad, what is the the university's role in this uh, very large partnership? Yeah, so we are one of the partners in this Yellowstone Volcano Observatory. And that also uh, the University of Utah is involved, uh, the Montana Bureau of Mines and Geology uh, Agency in Idaho, 
the, of course, the Wyoming Geological Survey and the U.S. Geological Survey, along with Yellowstone Park, are really all together to to really watch this really interesting part of the world where for seismic and volcanic activity and hydrothermal activity. And, you know, we've all heard the story about the, you know, the super volcano that's going to kill us all. Uh, and, 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 you know, they, they've, they're watching this thing. They're monitoring closely to see what's going on. Yeah. From what I understand, I mean, this is, this, they're not finding any indication that any big massive volcanic eruption is imminent. This is, you know, it's probably going to be many years after we're all, you know, buried and gone. But the, the, uh, but they're they're watching it closely, and you know there's lots and lots of earthquakes in Yellowstone, so they monitor those. And then a new thing in this 10-year plan they're really doing a, a more thorough look at is the hydrothermal activity because that might be a bigger threat, honestly, than the than the supervolcano would be in terms of a big explode of, of a hydrothermal explosion that could do some you know. Could, could cause some problems wow. and do some damage there. So that's uh, the, they've got a whole set of you know monitors across the park. They're putting more in, and uh, it's it's pretty cool that the university, of course, you know the vast majority of Yellowstone is in our state, so it's only appropriate that the state's university would uh, would be a part of this. Absolutely, Yellowstone gives us an extremely unique uh, um, area to study. I, I, I'm not sure if there's any place else in the world like Yellowstone. Um, and so having this opportunity, you know, this is just, I would love to attend one of the informational meetings that uh, these these partners all sit around and discuss this is what's going on and, and, uh, and, and just hear some of the theories behind what they have to say because what, what, a, what a great job. <laughs> you know, you got to go to a oh, lot yeah. of school to get there. But what a unique opportunity that we have here in Wyoming. And, uh, you know, it, many people online do talk about uh, that volcano gearing up to end the world. And, and, and it's good to hear, you know, there's just no evidence of that. Uh, we, have, we have a bigger chance, uh, you know, of water being an issue. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's right. And, uh, you know, and, I mean, it's there is it. There's a, it's a big caldera and a big volcano, and and if it were starting to cause problems, they'd be able to detect it, uh, and uh, um, and no, you know, and it's kind of cool because uh, pr- Professor Ken Sims, he's on our faculty here in the Department of Geology and Geophysics. He's you know he's 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 actually been designated as a National Geographic Explorer. And that's because he's been into volcanoes all over the world. Wow. He goes into the suckers, you know. Like, and and uh, he came here to the University of Wyoming from a real uh, um, prominent national uh, laboratory, and uh, and is you know he's he's right here at UW, and you can take classes from him. Wow! And this guy this guy is a volcano explorer uh, from across the world, and he's so he knows his stuff. And uh, the the Yellowstone Caldera. Is one of the most famous in the, in the world, and he's uh, he's on top of it. Now, you said the the system will be updated. Um, you said they're going to add some more stuff. Uh, I'm yeah. kind of dropping something that uh, you know out of the blue here. But how often do we update this system over there? Because I imagine the equipment and the technology that we have to monitor these systems is advancing all the time. It is, and I I think it's a constant thing, Floyd. 
but you know they they need a ten year plan to kind of lay out here's what we're going to get done in the next ten years, so it's done in a in an organized sequential way. But yes, the the technology, uh, Dr. Sims says, has really made made a difference. They're able to see things that they could never see before. They understand the hydrothermal system under Yellowstone better now than ever before, and that's because we have uh, just better technology. Yeah, and absolutely fascinating. I can only imagine the caverns that are underneath that ground up there. For sure. Um, Well, Chad, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day, keeping us updated on all the fantastic things that are going on down there at the university. Extremely fascinating studies. Uh, And uh, I look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you, Floyd. All right, when we return, we're going to speak with the Sheridan County Library System. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE. At 103.9 FM. At Elias and Financial, money management isn't just about dollars and cents. It's about dreams and opportunities, and more importantly, family. We'll take time to get to know you. Then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard, just like you. To learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you, visit Eliason Financial online or call 307-672-3010. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., Member FINRA, SIPC. When the unexpected happens, you may wonder what's next. Champion Funeral Home can help you through this phase of life. They provide support and personal services while helping you create a meaningful tribute to your loved one. Champion Funeral Home has been locally owned and operated since 1911, providing compassion and care to Sheridan and Johnson County. Visit Champion Funeral Home at championfh.com or call 674-6329. What if you had more time to manage your business operations, sell your products, or take a vacation? What if you had someone to pay your bills, handle your payroll, or watch your bottom line? Let the accounting professionals at Harker Mellinger add free time to your schedule by providing a cost-effective bookkeeping service as well as adding useful management reports for your business. Call or visit Harker Mellinger at 1811 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan. And remember... The initial consultation is always free. The leading orthopedic group in northeast Wyoming and southern Montana, Sheridan Orthopedic, continues its over 50-year tradition of surgical excellence and patient care, including surgeons who have completed subspecialty training and prestigious fellowships. From sports medicine to upper extremities such as complex shoulder, elbow, and hand surgery, spine, knee surgery, and joint replacement, Sheridan Orthopedic serves the community with emergency care 24-7, 365 days a year. Some same-day appointments available. Visit us at SheridanOrtho.com. The U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs invites you to celebrate the Sheridan VA's first 100 years of veteran health care and community partnerships this Saturday, October 1st from 10 until 3. This free family-friendly event will have live music, food trucks, horse and buggy rides, car shows from three clubs, a bounce house, free food for VA-enrolled veterans, plus more listed in the Country Bounty. See you at the Sheridan VA this Saturday from 10 until 3. Is Wyoming Corporate Office your one-stop shop for everything you need for your Wyoming-based business, LLC, or corporation formulation? Yes. Service of process and mail forwarding services? 
Indeed. Fulfill the legal requirements for small businesses based in Wyoming? Absolutely. Wyoming Corporate Office provides the communication between your business and the state so you don't have to. Learn more by visiting wyomingcorporateoffice.com today. The owners and staff at Kane's Funeral Home would like to thank the families of Sheridan and Johnson Counties for choosing Kane's and allowing them to serve you during these hard times. Kane Funeral Home makes it their mission to take the stress and uncertainty out of ceremonial services. They own and operate the only crematory in Sheridan County, so your loved one is always in their care. Kane's Funeral Home. Call 673-5837 or visit them online at canefuneral.com. Shop your locally owned Napa Auto Parts store and your dollar supports Sheridan families and the local economy. Call Steve Thompson and his team first for hundreds of years of automotive experience. Auto, truck, ag, heavy duty and construction machines. If it's got a motor, Napa's got the parts and the know-how to get the job done right the first time. Nationally known, locally owned. It's not just a slogan, it's Napa Auto Parts Sheridan. Open seven days a week at 2018 Coffeen. This is Alicia Cox with Harker Mellinger LLC. Since 1983, Harker Mellinger has been a leading accounting firm in Sheridan. We are here to help you succeed in your business and provide services which are customized to meet your financial needs and allows you to spend more time managing your business. Call today to see how we can provide you with cost-effective solutions, 672-0785 in Sheridan. Harker Mellinger, our focus is where you're going, not where you've been. Charitable giving is often an important part of your future. This is Jeff Tomlinson, financial advisor and branch manager at Stiefel. I can help you develop a charitable giving strategy designed to potentially maximize your tax benefits and reduce your record-keeping burden. Call us at 307-672-3434 to discuss how a Stiefel donor-advised fund can help create a positive impact on the causes you care most about. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Good morning. Welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at Eliason Financial. I'm Floyd Whiting, and for the second part of the show this morning, I am joined by Sheridan County Library System Executive Director, Mr. Cameron Duff. Good morning, Cameron. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing very well. How's fall going? Fall's going very well. You know, we uh, the heat's gone down, so we're just getting a, a little... Uh, landscaping done at the library and getting a little bit done at home as well <laughs> but <laughs> in 104 degrees no i wasn't doing much outside no i agree with you completely uh, i'm one of those people who hides from the sun yep that's me <laughs> <laughs> and yeah you get something done from like 5 a.m till 6 and then it got too hot at 6 30 so you were done yeah. in the morning so yeah every morning i get up Stand inside my closet, and uh, I look up the weather. You know, what's mm-hmm. the temperature going to hit today? And I dress for the hottest part of the day. Yeah. And slowly, that temperature has just dropped a little bit, but we're still hitting the 80s. And it just feels... So we're hitting the 80s, but overnight it feels very nice. So, yes. you know, you have a light jacket on in the morning, but, uh, um, you know, by 8, 9, 10 o'clock, you can... 
go ahead and say, oh, it's nice out there. So you can take the dogs out yeah. without wanting to run back in. It's actually fun walking, uh, getting to, to work and seeing how many people are out walking and enjoying the mornings. And I, I agree. The dogs are enjoying it just as much <laughs> as the people. They don't like the heat either. So. Oh, you know, and, and you guys, your location down there, where the library, where the Fulmer is. Yeah. Uh, it's always been one of my favorite sections of town. You know, you've got the, the park right around there, uh, and, and, and it's just beautiful to walk through. Yeah. And, David, and, you know, the city and the uh, private foundations like Whitney uh, Commons Park, and there's a lot of uh, work that's gone into that, the pathways oh, yeah. in here. You know, I've, I've lived in other cities where, yes, they say there's a park and, and it's a sidewalk that leads to it, but I wouldn't call it a pathway where you could have bikes and, and joggers and walkers push all a in stroller. there. Yeah, push a stroller and, and not run over everyone. You know? Yeah. So this this planned idea of the open space and green space, I, I really love about Sheridan. And you guys have a, a, a really big yard right off to the side there. Do you own all that? Uh, well, so, the yeah, the city, city block is owned by the, the library, which is obviously the county. But, um, yeah, they from Alger all the way up to the four-way stop where... I believe it's Dow and and uh, North Brooks that section. Um, so we have a, a North lot up there. You know, Kids Life uses it. The city has a sign up there for um, public parking, and so you know it's it's utilized not just when the library is open. And people will park in there for events, and you know you have something going on at Whitney Commons. Um, whether it's the pink link or anything else, you know, people will park at the library. It's a convenient spot and. Um, so this whole area downtown, we talk about we need more parking, and it's true, but uh, people are, are good about utilizing areas. Uh, and so when we're not open, our, our lot is usually full. Yeah, and that lot is pretty good size. It is. Uh, and, and the grass area right there off to the side of that, it's just it's one of those areas where you want to eat lunch. My wife and I, yeah. uh, you know, for a long time, that's, that's where we'd go. To, to have our lunch is right outside of the library yeah, there. There's you get a lot that of people take grass. a little picnic and, or they will come to story time and then they'll uh, put out a blanket and the kids are out there having a little snack before they go on to their next activity. So the library does have a lot of room for expansion and that's great. Um, it may not happen for 40, 50 years, um, but I think uh, it's wise on the county side to maintain that land and uh, ensure it for our, our children and our Children's children. As as the community grows, Absolutely. so will our library. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you and I have discussed in the past how vital the library is. It's not just kind of our archive of knowledge, entertainment, mm-hmm. and, and, and books, but it's also kind of ground zero in case of a big emergency. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it is a building that can be utilized by emergency management. That is correct. Yeah, we are not a shelter. You know, we don't have a commercial kitchen. We don't have um, shower facilities and everything that you would expect in a shelter situation. But in an emergency, um, yeah, uh, the emergency coordinator can go ahead and take over the facility. The county commissioners can take over the facility. Um and it has the space. Uh, it is a central location if uh, someone's trying to disseminate information, you know, go down to the library. Well, you may not know if you're uh, new to town exactly where it is, but in most communities, you can say go to the library and people will um, know where that is yeah. w- versus saying go to XYZ Park. It, it might take a little bit more. 
But uh, that's one aspect of it. Um, FEMA has worked with uh, Wyoming libraries to make sure that uh, they are prepared for any type of disaster. And a disaster could be as simple as, you know, the power goes out. Or it could be more intense like a forest fire. And yeah. um, people are saying, what's going on? And so the library's role really is just um, helping government officials so that they can disseminate information. In our case here in Sheridan, you know, that's one of the reasons we put in the backup generator is so that if the emergency did occur uh, somewhere else, facility wiped out, the uh, government can still take over the library and, and be able to operate. Now, when it comes to emergency management, uh, the coordinator, uh, r- he likes to run big drills, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is actually mandatory that he does. But has the library ever been involved in a drill like that in the past? No, and it's not that we're trying to um, participate in something like that. That's that's out of our realm. It is more of um, something major has happened. People are hurt, ambulance, fire, all those are involved in that. The library doesn't get involved in those types of drills and activities. It's more of a backup if everything else is failing. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> then they can come in and utilize this. We don't want to overstep our bounds on on stuff like that. But it's not like I'm going to become the emergency no, person. Yeah. <laughs> I am yeah. just a facility where I can help um, the experts in their field be able to function and um, I hope it never happens like that yeah. in Sheridan. And we do have a lot of uh, facilities, whether it's a school gymnasium or, you know, the college or there's other buildings in this um, area. Uh, so those will be utilized before ours. But in some communities in Wyoming, the library is the largest facility. So yeah. it, it becomes more prominent. But in our case, we just want to make sure that the power's on, water can still function. And if needs be... Um, the community comes to us and says, what type of information emergency management has given us and we're just posting it. Gotcha. Or if someone needs access to the internet, you know, it's happened when there was riots in Baltimore. The library was one of the few places that remained open and it was uh, reporters sitting right alongside people who were displaced during some of the riots and that's how they got information out to the rest of the world because there was blackouts, there was uh, no power, no internet, but the library stayed open. So, you know, you'd never know when you might uh, get thrown into a situation. Um, I hope that never happens, but our my role anyways is to make sure that we're thinking outside the box. And if a someone like FEMA is telling us, hey, you, you might want to consider this, then, you know, see if we can make it happen. And fortunate uh, we had some great donors who allowed us to participate and get that generator in there. And, you know, you are the contingency plan. I, I'm way down the contingency. <laughs> I hope I'm like number 9,000th on the list. But, you know, it, it's there to, to make sure Just that the case. community is, is, uh, has some function. So, yeah. Now, with the fall season, um, how is it good to have those students coming back in, uh, utilizing yeah. the rooms? And, and, and It's kind of interesting. You get a, a new um, group of students that come in, especially when you're moving from an elementary to a um, the junior high. Yeah. And so it's interesting to see new faces uh, come in because, you know, we're just down the hill from the junior high. So it's a new group that's in there, and it's always fun to see them grow up. Um, 
And and there, there's a few of them I'm going, oh my, you have grown. I, I remember <laughs> they you hit just, that age. Yeah, so they're just uh, shooting up. Uh, so it's it's uh, exciting, and you know the parents uh, will utilize us uh, uh, as much as possible. And um, thus far, the start of the school year has been awesome. The kids have been great, and uh, coming down for various reasons, we've had a few classes in. Um, taking advantage of some research and seeing what's going on there. So um, good start to the fall. How often do you get uh, students coming in or classes coming in and then you kind of instruct on this is how to use your library? So it depends on the the teacher, the school, um, smaller groups that are, you know, there's a couple of schools that are um, geared towards homeschoolers so they'll gather as a group and then come in. Um, the teachers at the junior high depends on their topic at that time. Mm. Some might do it in the fall. Others might do it in the spring and they'll bring down their, their group to do a research project. Or it could be as simple as, Hey, I'm doing a book report and uh, they're just wanting to expose them to the, the library yeah. uh, as a side effect. Um, so timing is is interesting. It's it could be in September, October, but most of them are usually in the spring when they've done all their research and, and background talk uh, in the classroom about research papers, and then they get their big project in the spring, and that's when they're really coming in. And because you know, research is something that you have to be taught yeah, kind of how to do very well. And 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 I, it's you know, I've seen the effects of people who. Uh, don't know how to do it very well and then and but those who have learned how to research critically think about what they're looking at you know an absolute vital skill uh, in today's day and age and um i i just want to applaud the school district because they're they're really good they're they know what they're doing they're they go ahead and um, instruct them well throughout the whole process so by the time they come to the library it's not so much us telling them how to disseminate information from this book versus that one. They, they have that down. It's more of helping them find it on the Where shelf. Where is yeah. it? Yeah. And uh, the difference between a prime source and a secondary source. So when you're doing digital content, uh, you can have different type of research in there. It's just like the internet. You can have a statement on a web page, it doesn't mean it's factual. It yeah. could be someone's opinion. It may not. But how do you determine what is a prime source and has some research behind it? So that's why I, I applaud the teachers is they've done most of that work by the time they come to the library. So you guys don't have to down there. Not, uh, not basically as much. just say, um, hey, yeah. check this shelf and uh, there you're going to find X, yeah. Y copy. And, and most of the teachers will already have told their students, we need two books, maybe a magazine, and uh, a couple digital resources. So they've already narrowed it down as to what types and how many. You, you, you go ahead and look at any material, um, whether it's just all books. If you have only one type of source, but not the opposing viewpoint of that, you know, sometimes your research can be flawed in mm-hmm. that. So. They've given the guidelines already as to what they should be looking for. We just help them narrow it down as to the specific um, title that they might be able to to look at. And, you know, I've had a lot of individuals in here over the past month talking about uh, um, local history. Mm-hmm. You know, something that uh, I absolutely love and, and really getting to know the history of your area. And, boy, I'm here to tell you, Sheridan County, Johnson County, 
great history there. A I mean, lot. some fantastic yeah. history. How how often is the Wyoming room utilized down there? So the it, it's utilized quite a bit. Um, the most fun we have as staff it happens to be Wyoming Reads. So that's when all the first graders in the state uh, go to their local public library. They receive a, full, uh, a free book from the Jorgensen Foundation, and we show them around the library. We'll do some story times and all that. We take them as a group into the Wyoming room, and we'll show them a little bit of history in there. And it's just fun to see their eyes light up. But that's always the group. You know, we break them into four um, major ones, so about 100 in each section. That's wow. the hardest one to get kids out of. They, really? they don't want to leave. They want to see everything. It's a very visual room. Um, and then the weeks after that, so this is usually the second Tuesday in May, somewhere in there, um, the weeks after that, how many kids bring in their parents and say, Mom, you got to see this. Mom, you got to see that. And they're bringing their families through there and showing them in the Wyoming room. So it's very cool, cool from a staff side seeing that. Yeah. That's amazing. And and that room, you know, even just having that draw, how many yeah. little historians are you guys making out there? Oh, absolutely. You, know? you make it fun right from the start and, you know, trigger something in their mind and then they, they get hooked on it and they'll do it uh, later. But you just open up a book and it's going, okay, yeah, it's information. But when you actually see history oh. in there, right? you know, one of the biggest draws we never thought, uh, it was a, a door from Eaton's Ranch. Um, and it was on a cabin. And just as visitors went through there, they would carve their name in it. You know, and really? so we had 100 years worth of different uh, brands on there and names and that was in there with the Wyoming room uh, or the Wyoming Reed kids come in and it was just their eyes lighting up because it's history that they see, you know, they yeah. see a name that has, you know, 1916, 1917 on there and they, they realize, wow, that's over a hundred years old. So we, we don't have it in the room at this moment. It's, it's at the Bighorn uh, County Museum, um, no, or Bighorn um I, oh man, I'm failing the name. It's down in this, the town of Bighorn, the museum down there. But we'll bring it back for this Wyoming Reads just because it's a good visual. Oh, absolutely. They could say, wow, this, this makes more sense than just saying a name on a paper that said uh, so-and-so visited here 100 years ago. It doesn't have the same effect as if you can see it and touch it. And to know that that individual sat there and made their mark. Yeah. You know, and... and oh. And, so, and it's cool. One thing that I always liked uh, is your preservation of like letters, you know, these things, the journals, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like that, just as much as that door, that's somebody's life. Yeah. You know, really tangible that you can look at. And what they were thinking at the moment they wrote it down. Yeah. Um, the, you know, it could be a crisis like a, a war, World War One, World War Two. What was going on through their mind? What struggles did they go through? And it pops out onto that paper. Um, so instead of having everyone touch it, you know, we can digitize it, have a digital copy so that it's preserved for the future. Doesn't quite have the same effect as holding it in your hand, but 
some things are a little bit more fragile and we Absolutely. have no choice but to go ahead and, and make a, a copy of something for people to view. Which is absolutely understandable. We got to preserve this for future generations. And Cameron, I'm sorry, we just we ran out of time. time. Well, we had we had fun (laughs) talking. I love having you come in and talk about this stuff. Uh, Next time you're on, we'll talk about some of the updates on uh, the Fulmer Library that you guys are doing down there. Thank you, Cameron. Thank you so much for coming in today. It's always a pleasure having you on. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 9:30 KROE and 103.9 FM, Sheridan. and financial money management isn't just about dollars and cents it's about dreams and opportunities and more importantly family we'll take time to get to know you then we'll develop a unique wealth management plan that works hard just like you to learn more about who we are and what our wealth management advisors can do for you visit elias and financial online or call 307-672-3010 securities offered through royal alliance associates inc member finra sipc Considering a big project and don't know where to begin, Wagner Ranch Services can help. Our experienced staff of engineers and equipment operators can take your project from the design and permitting phase right up through construction and completion. Wagner Ranch Services can design, permit, and construct roads, reservoirs and ponds, excavate foundations, install utilities, and more. We can handle projects big and small from start to finish. Wagner Ranch Services, 13 Industrial Lane. Give us a call at 752-2787. Moss Holders Design Center is here to help you create a space that you'll love. If you're relocating, remodeling, or just refreshing your home, Moss Holders' talented design team can help you through the process. With free in-home consultations, Moss Holders will be able to find the furniture and finishing touches that work best with your space, your lifestyle, and your budget. So if you want to change the look of just one room or furnish an entire home, Moss Holders designers can get it done. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. You bagged your trophy elk. Now imagine having its ivory handcrafted into the perfect piece of jewelry. At Legacy Diamond and Gems, their in-house jewelers can take your memory of the big hunt and preserve it into fine pieces of jewelry to last generations. Using your imagination, the skilled jewelers at Legacy Diamond and Gems can create something truly exceptional. Visit them at 11 North Main Street or online at LegacyDiamondGems.com. Hurry in now.